0: Welcome to Buy the Books, the podcast helping business owners navigate the complex world of business, tax, and bookkeeping. Now, to the owner and president of Secline, Lindsay Klein.
1: Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. This is Lindsay Klein with Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time and the host of Buy the Books. I'm here today with Chris Gross of Free Donation Productions. How are you today?
0: I'm good, Lindsay. Thanks for having me.
1: So, I have... Um, a topic that I actually got inspiration about while I was on the plane to Vegas. Okay. I was reading a book called E-Myth. It's very popular book amongst big business owners, especially. Um, But what's interesting is when I start reading a book, like I'll read a really great point and it just like my mind goes on a tangent. (laughs) And whenever I get in that place, I'll just start writing yeah. You know, cause I'm like, okay, i if I just keep this in my head, I won't remember later right. and I legit won't yeah. remember later. So I started writing. So, I mean, I have all these notes in this notebook now from the plane yes. ride where yeah. it's just f- taking all these notes. So one thing, um, that I started sort of formulating what I'm going to turn into some employee training, um, but it's about building professional value. Mm. And so the analogy I thought of is when we sell a house, we know what things we need to do to that house to build its value, like putting hardwood floors or granite countertops or a new roof, you know, maybe do some landscaping. There's a lot of things you can do to a home to increase its value and get more for that property. We can also increase our professional value. Whether you're an employee or whether you're a business owner, you can build your professional value. And so that's what I want to talk about today. And you actually kind of reminded me of this when you were telling me a story about something that when you were an intern, some advice that you were given. So just to segue into that. Let's say the first bullet point for building value would be coachability and eagerness to learn. Yes. So tell our listeners the story you told me before we started. So it's funny.
0: um, When I had, I was interning at ESPN radio and there were two pretty, I met a lot of incredible people there and some really good contacts that I'm still in communication with today two of the guys one probably most importantly is is now my business partner Mark Friedman who I work with at Free Donation Productions I was interning for him he was actually my my supervisor and I'm still saved as Chris parentheses intern as his phone so <laughs> some things haven't changed but um, so that, that's originally how we met but another guy I met was a guy who I almost considered like you know who I would consider my my first, you know, kind of professional mentor. And he was working, you know, at the job that I would later get at ESPN. He was just running the board. And so that's how I met him. Well, when I got hired at ESPN as an employee, you know, almost three years later, he had moved his way to being the assistant program director. And so he was the one who got me hired. And, you know, I was remember talking to him the first day and he told me, he said, if I could give you any easy advice, it is to say yes to everything. Mm. Whenever somebody asks you, hey, do you want to do this? Yes. Can you come in today? Yes. Do you want to learn how to do this? Yes. And long story short, that's how I ended up moving from part-time to full-time. I was one of the only few people who had said yes and learned something. Mm. And so I got promoted versus a lot of people who had been there much longer than me and I know that probably gave them some negative feelings towards myself towards me but it was because I had said yes to something that they refused to so anyway that was something I had kept in mind through my entire time at ESPN something that I I still keep with me today and I'm sitting with my business partner Mark Friedman and we're having a conversation with a client and I told him the exact same story and Frieda goes he says it's funny um you say Landry taught you that. Well, I taught Landry that. And so <laughs> it's just funny how this had come full circle that it's really been Frito's advice that I've been keeping through throughout. But I think that that is so important. Yes. And one of the things that I, I think with this is I saw through my five years at ESPN, the people who moved the quickest, who got the most opportunities, and the people who genuinely seemed to be rewarded for their effort that they were putting in were the people who said yes. yes, And the people who, when I was training them or somebody else was training them, like you said, they had that eagerness
1: mm-hmm. and
0: they were willing to learn. Yes. And so I directly saw the benefits of that. And when I heard people complain about not getting the opportunities in the next sentence, they would say, oh yeah, and by the way, so-and-so asked me to do this and I I don't want to do that. Yeah. And so yeah. I could see how it all worked together.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you were sometimes asked to do things that you didn't want to do. Absolutely,
0: <laughs> absolutely. The big thing that ended up getting me the promotion was working on one of our, um, you know, working on one of our big things. We were we produced the Mavericks broadcast, and it wasn't easy. Mm. It wasn't easy. It was the hardest thing you had to do in the position we had, and that's why a lot of people said no. But it opened doors that nothing else could. Nice. So, absolutely, it was saying yes to that. It was saying yes to working on off days for free. There's a lot of things you have to say yes to, mm-hmm. even when everything inside of you is saying no. I don't want to do it.
1: Yeah. And I actually had uh, not radio experience, yeah. but in the accounting world. <laughs> yeah. I've told my story here. In fact, the very first episode of my podcast, I dedicated to talking to my about my background. So I did things sort of unconventionally and didn't go to college until I was twenty eight years old. Well, prior to that, I had a lot of bookkeeping experience just from doing it for my dad's company and then my mom's company and then clients of hers and just word of mouth. Um, but eventually I got to a point when I had my first child and I'm like, all right, I need to I wanna go get like an actual job with benefits and Yeah. You know, right. this is before I realize it's not all it's cut out to be. <laughs> Time in my young 20s, I thought that's what I should do. Yeah. So I go get my, put, put together a resume, which is largely just my bookkeeping experience, you know, freelancing and just looking for somebody that'll give me an opportunity in, in an accounting department. And uh, finally got a position for um, a healthcare company, or it's like a workers' comp company that helps facilitate workers' comp claims, and they needed somebody as an accounting clerk in their accounting department, and I got the job. So, was, at this point, I really had very little experience in the accounting world and in corporate in general, but I took that same mentality that, okay, if someone asked me to do something, I'm just going to say yes because I'll learn and I need to learn. I realized my own inexperience. And my best strategy for tackling that was, I'm just going to say yes and Mm -hmm. own every project I can to the best of my abilities. And that was my strategy. And just like you expressed, there are some jobs that are really not fun to say yes to. In this particular company, they had a medical billing. Sometimes it was $3, $10, and there would be thousands of them. And because of the magnitude and volume of these transactions it got screwed up in the system it would never reconcile the books never reconciled to the billing system and so it was a project to figure out (laughs) in all of these thousands of transactions where are we messed up (laughs) yeah that was not fun, but it was one of those projects that I was, you know, all right, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities. And that was my attitude towards it. It wasn't long before I'm replacing Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. the person above me and then the person above them. And then it turned into stuff outside of the accounting. Well, since you're, you know, you're really good at this. Can I also give you something that's not even related to accounting and growing my experience in other areas too? So I completely agree. I think that's a great strategy be eager to learn and eager to say yes not only for the fact that you will learn so much but then you're presenting yourself as a person that is eager and enthusiastic yeah. about what you do and that builds value absolutely
0: yeah and so one of the things that that i was thinking and maybe you've considered this while you were on your plane ride is how important is it for you to take somebody who is has all the experience already and you're worried about their ability to adapt to changes and maybe pick up something new versus a person who may not have all of the necessary experience but you can tell or from testing you know this is a person who i'm not worried about if they come in i can teach them this 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 and this
1: yeah no you're absolutely right that coachability factor is huge if you have someone that has all the experience and knowledge in the world but never wants to do anything yeah what good is it
0: right So,
1: yeah, I will take the coachability factor any day. Someone that's eager to learn, that's enthusiastic about it, that wants to be there. That's huge. I mean, you talk about building professional value. That's stuff you really can't teach. I guess we are, sort of. But, you know, I I think there's people that it comes more naturally. Sure. They just have a natural enthusiasm. They have positivity, which is another thing I was, another point, positivity. Mm Mm-hmm that is a hard one to learn. Cause I I, I have a propensity to be on negative, like a half glass no, no, empty. No, no, not yeah. you. <laughs> so I am really trying to train myself to be positive, yeah. to find the positive in the situation that even if something's going wrong, what can we be positive about? And we are blessed by and large yeah. in this country, We are blessed. We have a lot to be thankful for. So there's almost always something you can pull from a situation to say, you know what? I am grateful that I'm alive. I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head. Find something to be positive and grateful about. And that's another one. Gratefulness. Gratitude. Yes. yes. I have really been working on making thank you a huge part of my vocabulary and often. Thank you. I mean, and actually, I I heard about a study someone had done to find that people that were more grateful were more successful, which absolutely believe that. Because you're building your value. When you show gratitude to someone, not only will you feel good, they will feel good. And people do more when they feel appreciated.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So that is one thing that I've made a big concerted effort to make sure, especially with my employees, make sure I'm saying thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. I see you. I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I see the effort you're putting in, and I appreciate it. So,
0: Lindsay, I, I don't know if you've – you probably have thought this as you've raised your children. This is something that I have been thinking a lot about lately with, with my daughter and it's how many things we expect or want our kids to do because we think it's best for them that we don't do, right? Touché. Well, you can only have one cookie for dinner. And it's because I don't want you to be overweight. And then I'm like, Well, I've got three cookies on my plate. Like, is this the right is this the right choice? You know? I, I don't want you you can't have soda. Well, what am I <laughs> drinking today right? So there's there's this thinking that I'm starting to have about yeah. that, right? And one of the things that you do with your kids is every time somebody does something for them, say thank you, yes, say thank you. yes. And that is something that we instill yes. in our kids. And so again, I think it's one of those things that if we look at the way, that we are parenting, or if you don't have kids, the way that people around you are parenting is, what are the things we think are important for our kids to learn? And that is one that is very important for all Mm -hmm. parents. Say thank you, you're welcome, and please. And there's some point in life where I think we just thought, well, I'm going to say it to like the people I don't know, so they Mm -hmm. think I'm courteous, but for the people that know me, they just know like I mean it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right? I don't have to say it. They know it. But we all, we do that. Yeah. When someone says thank you, it means
1: oh, it yeah. means something. And I'm sure you probably can relate to this, but with our bookkeeping business, we have clients that are so grateful mm. and they'll say, thank you. We appreciate what you're doing. They're, that is special. When you have a client that really values what you do yeah. and says thank you versus others that just don't, maybe they are grateful, but they don't don't necessarily express it. it. Mm -hmm. It's just a different vibe you get. And there's a joy there in dealing with those clients that really express and show their gratitude. Yeah. And it's the same with, you know, working with
0: certain people. If we're talking about building your, you know, your professional value, I think a lot of that is. Do does my boss want me around? Do my coworkers want to be around me? Mm. And it's why do I want to be around the person that's that's negative to the point right. where I'm starting to get it's right. starting to seep into me. Right. And I feel like they're not courteous towards me. It's it is. It's it's true that these are the people that you not only want to be around, but if we're thinking about it in the larger sense of, you know. I love your analogy about, hey, I'm going to put in new floors before I sell my house. And I'm yeah. going to put in new countertops because I want it to be able to sell. Yes. You're thinking about how am I going to be able to sell this? And so, we're if we're thinking about you, how you're going to look towards a potential employer
1: or a client or a if cli- you're a business yes, owner.
0: Yes, these are things that they are going to pick up on.
1: And if you're a business owner towards your employees, yes. I mean, it it really goes even your family. I mean, it really goes. Everywhere, Everywhere. an area, area, area every your life, Mm -hmm. Um, and who wants to be around those people that are just the Debbie Downers? Yeah, that no matter what the situation is, they're always going to see the worst in the situation. Yeah, they're never grateful for anything that anyone does for them. Those are not people you really particularly enjoy to be around. Mm -hmm. But and even if people don't consciously know why they want to be around you, there's going to be a magnetism whenever you're positive and grateful and eager and coachable people may not know why they want to be yeah. around you but they'll want to be around you because that is magnetizing
0: and there's something to being around people who make you smile
1: yeah and absolutely.
0: they're positive you smile if they're grateful you smile it's all of these things that like you said it's you may not even be able to tell the person why but we all have those people that we have to work with, or mm-hmm. that we're around in those networking meetings, where it's like, these are the people
1: <laughs> that you want
0: to I around? will, I will, that I want to be with. And then there are the people that I'll talk to them if they walk by, but that's not a. They're not the person that I'm walking <laughs> right. to myself right.
1: after. Yeah, so, completely. Yes. <laughs> so basically, we could boil probably all of that into attitude. Yeah. If you want to build your value, your professional value focus on your attitude. And Mm -hmm. that's huge. How many people could we think of that they're knowledgeable, they have a wealth of experience, you know, you know, they have the answer, but man, you can't stand to be around them. (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to build your value, you got to work on those Mm -hmm. soft skills in addition to knowledge. Let's talk about that. You do need knowledge. That's another way. And I think we, by and large, in our society, get that concept that if we build our knowledge, then we build our value. That's why people go to college. Yeah. But I think oftentimes people who go to college go to college to pass the test, to get the paper that says they got the degree, not necessarily for the learning value. Mm -hmm. And really, it's the learning value that is going to make all the difference People want their pain points solved, and if you can learn how to solve people's yeah. misery or their pain point, it doesn't matter if you went to college.
0: Yep. yep. People
1: will pay you to fix their problems. Yeah. Well, in some areas like accounting, bookkeeping, how well can you solve someone's problem if you don't know? Yep. Um. We had we did a recording of an episode recently about case studies, right? Where tax preparer made some mistakes. (laughs) Well, might've been a clerical error or might've just been a lack of knowledge, which happens. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. The IRS will Mm -hmm. nail taxpayers and they may have hired a well-known, well-respected tax preparer who simply did not keep his knowledge up to date. Yeah. And Here's I, I just got back from the AICPA conference, and I told you there was some there was some um, classes that were tax centric. There were some that were um, investment centric, and then there was like the soft skills, leadership, and and those are all good things. But for the person that you want preparing your taxes, yes, you want them to actually know taxes and the tax laws. So out of the two thousand people that were in this conference. There was maybe four hundred of them that were sitting in the tax sex- sessions, which is where I went. So, and not all of them were tax preparers, so right, it might have m- right. not been relevant to them. But when you think about, you know, what you're expecting from a tax preparer, and I, I'm I'm picking on the tax preparers right now because obviously that's the <laughs> the context that I'm in all yes, the time. Yes. And I deal with a lot of tax preparers because I make a concerted effort to get to know them when I have a book, when I have a bookkeeping client, I want to know who's preparing the taxes. You know, what types of things do we need to know if they are not keeping up with the tax laws, how well are they going to be able to perform a tax return? Yeah. Yeah. How well are they going to be able to advise their clients? Yeah. Not very. knowledge is important. And you bring up a good point.
0: I I feel better knowing in in your scenario that my tax preparer came back from that conference having gone to the tax classes. Yeah. I would feel better than him going to, you know, the leadership yeah. or whatever it is. Now, I want him to be a good leader, and right. I want him to be a right. good boss right. or coworker. Right. Don't get me wrong, but I myself as the client feel better knowing he's investing time right. in and knowing his craft, because yeah. do we ever go to someone with something like that, of that seriousness, without at least us thinking in their our mind that they're the expert? Yeah, right? of course. They may not tell you that, and that may not be their title, but mm-hmm. we think that because I'm doing business with you, on some level, I think that you are an expert or at least very, very knowledgeable right. in that craft, and so it can be a incredible disappointment when you're dealing with somebody and you think that's that way or they present themselves that right, way and they are.
1: right. So I'll give you another example of this. We'll get off the tax preparers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> tax preparers probably hate me. <laughs> so I have a bookkeeping client. It's an electrician company. And they have, of course, multiple technicians that go into people's homes and perform different things you know, obviously electrical work. Um, So one of the um, people there in the office, the office manager was telling me, she said, I really value the technicians that really study. They know what they're, they're Mm -hmm. looking ahead and they're seeing what their job is for the next day. And they're seeing, they're kind of weighing their knowledge in that area. And if they don't feel super comfortable with it, they get on YouTube and start watching videos about sure. that topic. And she said, I love... They had one technician that would do this. And he was just superstar there. Because he would do this. He would plan ahead. He would look at his jobs. He would see what he was going to need to do the next day. And if he didn't feel all that comfortable with it... Okay, so here's something I've learned. <laughs> I'm going to take a little side tangent here. Since I have electricians as my clients... Okay. I get to see the inside scoop, yes, right? Yes. So going back to the knowledge thing, right? You would expect if you're hiring an electrician mm-hmm. that they're oh. going to know what they're doing, okay. right? <laughs> but I've learned there's different stages, right? There's an apprentice electrician, okay, which could literally be pretty much anyone.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Then you've yeah. got
1: after they they pass a test, they have to have so many hours that they've worked as an electrician and then they pass a test and then they become a journeyman electrician. And then after so many hours, they pass a test, they can become a master electrician. So there's stages to this, but you have to start somewhere. And they don't necessarily to get that apprentice license. My brother got one. He has not taken one single class for electrician (laughs) work. He he wants to be a general contractor, so that's what his goal is, but he works for a welding company. But they have different divisions, and so they happen to have a master electrician there at at the office. So he's like, "Well, shoot, I'll just go ahead and get my apprentice electrician license under his, you know, sure. master license." So he has one, but he has never done any electrician work in his life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I did not realize this, but you can send an apprentice electrician to someone's house to do electrical work. Wow. If, yeah. Does anyone ask, "Hey, how many hours do you have under your belt?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
0: I do not feel good about having an apprentice electrician coming to my house.
1: So, this is why I say knowledge, yes. Is power. You want to build your value? Yes. Knowledge. And so we hope that the people coming into our house or preparing our taxes have good, grounded knowledge about what they're doing for us. Yeah. That's so important. So be like the technician that's looking ahead, and he mm-hmm. is an apprentice electrician. But that's why he does that. He yes. wants to look ahead, but they have other apprentice electricians that are not doing yeah. that. Who
0: they say, I'm clocked out, I'm going home, <laughs> right. this is my time, right. and I'm back on the job when I clock in the next right. day. exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So be that guy that is like, you know what, I want to. I want to know this job, I want to own this job. And he does it in his own time. This is yeah. not something he's doing while he's clocked in. He's doing it in his own time because he sees the value of learning and knowing what he's supposed to do so important so you want to build your professional value learn all you can at least part of your own time should be dedicated to learning Mm,
0: that's so good that is so good
1: yes all right what about i have on here communications and feedback so this is highly important to me as a business owner of a business where we're all working remotely i have realized the value of communication Mm -hmm. and where there's a breakdown of communication how it can be a breakdown in everything. So this is important. And I've realized in my hiring process now, how much I need to focus my energies and my questions Mm. in realizing what is your communication style? How do you feel about communication in general? Is this a person that it's like pulling teeth to get any status reports or get any feedback whatsoever? there's a big difference between an employee that you don't have to ask for an update. They're yeah. already letting you yeah. know, Yeah. Hey, just wanted to let you know I had this issue with the client. Here's what I did about it. Um, I let him know X, Y, Z. That is so refreshing, right? I'm right. not getting yeah. a call from the client saying, Oh, you know, thank you so much for so-, You know, and I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> right. Well, the employee that sent me the email to let me know, hey, this is this problem came up. This is what we did to fix it. Yeah. I talked to the client. Now when I talk to the client, I know exactly what's going on. Yep. I'm yep. not caught with my pants down. <laughs> <laughs> so that is so refreshing. And those employees that I have that just, I don't even have to ask for it. Yeah. They're giving me those statuses. And then feedback. Whenever I'm putting something out there, having someone... Reply back mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. whether good or bad, it doesn't matter. I want to know, what are you guys thinking about this? You know, it, it, it could be about a policy. It could be, hey, I got a new podcast yeah. uh, episode. Who knows? Whatever it is, give me some feedback. Let me know what you're thinking about that. That's valuable. Mm-hmm. And it shows you're engaged. Yeah. And same with, okay, if you're a business owner to your clients, we've talked about this before. Clients want to know that they're being heard, that they're on your radar. Communication is how that happens. Communication. So I'm trying to learn to be very communicative with my clients.
0: Yeah.
1: Um it doesn't necessarily even have to be it doesn't have to be an hour, but let them know you're on my radar. And one of the ways I've started doing that is with videos where I'll go over their financials. Just short videos. I try to keep it under 10 minutes just to review their financials, show them what's going on, give them any suggestions I might have. I might talk about a ratio, you know, show them how to calculate a ratio or something. Something that I feel like would be relevant to them that they might utilize to help them with managing their business. Things like that. You know, just trying to come up with some ideas to help my clients know you're on my radar. I care about your business. Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. And, of course, I'll meet with them, too, if they want to. But a lot of business owners, they don't have time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that was kind of my solution to, okay, this is a way they can know I'm on, they're on my radar, see what's going on with their books if they want. And, you know, they don't have to actually set up a meeting. They can do it on their own time. So that's, I think, very valuable is communication and feedback. Yes. Especially if someone is directly contacting you whether by text, email, phone call, don't ignore it. Yeah. Don't ignore it. Yeah. That I don't think people realize how much they're diminishing their value just to ignore it. And in the, all the, the different ways that we have to communicate now, we don't really think about it. If I was here with you in person, you said something to me and then I just turned and walked away. <laughs> it would be weird yes. not to respond.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: But we don't really think anything of it. If it's a text message or email. But it's really the same thing. Mm, it's yeah. just, I'm ignoring you. I'm just gonna go on with my day and pretend wow. like that didn't just happen. So I think that's very valuable. Even if you just have to say, hey, I don't have time today to work on this. I'll tackle this tomorrow or whatever it is, even if it's not necessarily that you have the answer right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Communicate, show people where you're at with it and that you did. you're acknowledging it, you got it. And here's my feedback that I'm providing to you about when I can get this done or what I think about this, whatever it is. Valuable. One way you can build your value.
0: Well, Lindsay, you've had lots of really good stuff. I mean, communication, the knowledge, I mean, especially the part about you are you are not knowledgeable in what you're doing if you're not spending any of your free time on it. I think that is so good. Yeah. I think that is... That is so powerful and I think we've learned lots of really good stuff here today and man I just like I said that the knowledge thing just just really hit me but um these are all things you've said that you are you know you're working on as well and so it's it's something that no none of us are none of us are perfect on but for those who may be interested in in your bookkeeping services Lindsay at at Sakline how can they find out more about you
1: so my website is sakline.com s-a-k-l-i-n-e.com And where can they find you if they want to get a podcast going? Yes. Freedonation.live or email me, Chris,
0: K-R-I-S, at freedonation.live.
1: This has been good. Thank you so much for being on with me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Until next time.
0: Buy the Books is presented by Secline. Honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. For more information on Secline services or to get a hold of Lindsay, visit Secline.com or email info at Secline.com. The information provided on this website and podcast does not, and is not, intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general information purposes only. Information provided by Secline may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter and should refrain from acting on the basis of this information without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation.